Welcome to Defiant Health Radio, a place where you can count on hearing about the truth in health, uncolored by interests of big pharma, the generally misplaced motivations of healthcare and doctors, just ideas and strategies that work safely, effectively, and inexpensively. I'm your host, Dr. William Davis, cardiologist and author of the Wheat Belly and Undoctored Books, and now my newest book, Super Gut, a book that gives you a blueprint on rebuilding a healthy microbiome to take back control over weight, health, and aging. In this episode of Define Health, I read an excerpt from my new book, Super Gut, a four-week plan to reprogram your microbiome, restore health, and lose weight. This will be Chapter 5, Mind Your Mucus, about a little-talked-about topic, but one that plays an important role in your effort to reprogram your intestinal microbiome, and consistent with the whole tone of the book that provides readers with strategies that you can put into action, I will talk about some of the methods we use in this super gut approach to strengthen and thicken your protective mucus barrier, one of the most important first steps you can take to take back control over microbiome health. Later in the podcast, let's talk about Defiant Health's sponsor, Paleo Valley. They're fermented grass-fed beef sticks, bone broth protein rich in collagen, organic super greens, and low-carb superfood bars have among the cleanest ingredient lists in the industry. And of course, they're delicious. Greetings, everybody. I thought I'd read an excerpt from my new book, Super Gut, the four-week plan to reprogram your microbiome, restore health, and lose weight. So this is a chapter on mucus, chapter five, something we don't often talk about, but is very critical to your overall health, including your intestinal health. So it's not really per se part of the microbiome, but it really participates in how you can restore a healthy GI tract and thereby overall health. So this is chapter five of my super gut book. Mind your mucus. Another protective factor that modern life has disrupted is the mucus lining of the GI tract, among the first lines of defense against microbial chaos. Before you say, ew, as I bring up the topic of mucus, I'd like to convince you that the intestinal mucus lining is your good friend that keeps you from tangling with some nasty microbes. Mucus is something you probably don't think about too often until it proves a nuisance. It's that gooey, messy thing coughed up, for instance, during a bout of the flu or blown out your nose with an allergy. But mucus plays a critical role in health, acting as a physical barrier, a medium for the body's immune system to work in, and a lubricant. Imagine living in a home that lacked bricks, stucco, or aluminum siding that shields the interior. If instead you lived your life out in the open, with rain, wind, and snow pummeling you, it would be miserable. We need that shield against the elements. Likewise, a life without the protective layer of mucus would be harsh, perhaps impossible. Mucus makes it possible, for instance, for the stomach to contain hydrochloric acid, a substance powerful enough to remove paint that begins the digestive process without digesting itself. Mucus allows the intestinal tract to tolerate regular injections of caustic bile and pancreatic enzymes that break down the proteins, fats, and carbohydrates we eat. Every region of the GI tract produces its own unique form of mucus, a wondrous and fascinating orchestration of protection and digestive function. 
In addition to providing a defense against the onslaught of digestive warfare, mucus defends the cells in the gastrointestinal lining against infiltration by undigested components of the diet and forms a barrier against the trillions of microbes that inhabit the GI tract. Some factors fortify the mucus layer, other factors degrade it, and they can make the difference between magnificent intestinal health and a condition like ulcerative colitis. We are all less than one millimeter of mucus away from intestinal destruction and disease. Some have proposed that the initiating event in ulcerative colitis, for example, is a defective mucus lining of the colon that permits bacteria to invade the intestinal wall. Maintaining this crucial barrier is therefore a basic requirement for health. Mucus is primitive, harking back to the first multicellular organisms. Its persistence all the way up to modern Homo sapiens reflects its indispensable nature, much like water and oxygen. Whereas creatures like snails and frogs are masters at mucus production, humans are pretty good at it too, producing the proteins that comprise mucus along every inch of the entire GI tract. Imagine swallowing chewed-up food, for instance, without lubrication. That bite of apple or hamburger may stay lodged in your esophagus for days. The dense collections of microbes in the human GI tract are not meant to make direct contact with the intestinal lining. Mucus keeps them away. Only when the mucus lining breaks down or aggressive invasive microbes enter the picture is there direct contact. And which bacterial species inhabit the GI tract plays a major role in determining whether the mucus lining stays healthy and intact or is degraded, allowing microbes to breach it to reach the intestinal wall. The primary food source for bacteria in the human GI tract is a specific form of fiber called prebiotic fibers. Humans lack the digestive enzymes to break down prebiotic fibers, but bacteria can metabolize them and convert them to compounds that, in turn, nourish human intestinal cells. Bacterial digestion is therefore crucial to human health. But when times are hard for bacteria and prebiotic fibers are in short supply or missing, some, some species turn to human mucus as an alternative source of nutrition, gobbling up and thinning the mucus lining. This causes potentially serious health complications for the mucus-producing host, that is, you. <laughs> we shall discuss this peculiar phenomenon a bit later. The colon has a double layer of protective mucus, which offers better protection against the greater numbers of bacteria and fungi that are normally concentrated there and meant to live there. The small intestine has a more fragile, single layer of protective mucus. What happens when microbes ascend from the colon into the small intestine, as they do in SIBO and SIFO, and high numbers are present in the upper GI tract, where the dual layer protection of mucus is not present. The increased populations of microbes can compromise the small intestine's single layer mucus lining, a breach that allows their metabolic breakdown products to enter the bloodstream. Sometimes even intact microbes themselves gain entry into the intestinal wall, then bloodstream to travel elsewhere. The entire process invites plenty of body-wide inflammation that takes many different forms 
and that we experience as conditions such as fibromyalgia, ulcerative colitis, or Hashimoto's thyroiditis. Mucus may be something you prefer to ignore, but being aware of the crucial role this gooey compound plays in the human body can be a step towards success in regaining control over your microbiome and thereby your health. Any mucus on the menu? We know that modern people are fairly miserable at including plentiful fiber in their diet. No doubt the transition from a diet of fibrous wild plants, roots and tubers consumed by our hunter-gatherer ancestors, to a diet of modern vegetables and fruits bred for sweetness and low fiber content, coupled with the proliferation of processed foods, has reduced human fiber intake to a fraction of what it used to be. The fix recommended by various agencies providing dietary advice mostly focuses on including cellulose fiber, such as that found in brand-rich breakfast cereals and whole grains. Cellulose is an indigestible fiber that passes through the GI tract passively, untouched by both human digestion and microbial digestion, so it provides bulk but accomplishes little else as it passes into the toilet unchanged and intact. The prebiotic variety of fiber, on the other hand, is far from passive. Prebiotic fibers are the primary food source for many species of intestinal bacteria, which convert them into metabolites crucial for human health. It's a genuine symbiotic relationship. They need us, and we need them. We shall discuss later how a plentiful intake of prebiotic fibers thereby provides human benefits such as reduced blood sugar, reduced insulin resistance, lower triglycerides, less potential for fatty liver, and lower blood pressure. Beyond missing out on the metabolic benefits of microbial consumption of prebiotic fibers, neglecting intake of prebiotic fibers leads to an odd phenomenon. When the human host fails to take in plentiful prebiotic fibers, some bacterial species proliferate because, as mentioned before, when they are deprived of prebiotic fibers, they can instead consume human mucus, a unique advantage for them, not for us, that most bacterial species do not have. The bacterial species Acromancia mucinophila, mucin plus phila, mucus lover, for example, provides substantial health advantages when present at moderate numbers, for example, 3-5% to of the total intestinal bacterial population, by producing beneficial metabolites for the human host. But a drop in prebiotic fiber intake, as often occurs with an American-style processed food diet or excessively strict low-carb or ketogenic diet, brings out Acromancia's darker side its ability to survive on human mucus. While other prebiotic fiber-consuming species die off or are reduced in numbers when starved, acromancia proliferates, even expanding to comprise 10%, 15%, 18% or more of all bacterial species in the GI tract and enthusiastically gobbles up human mucus. The end result is a disintegration of the gut's mucus lining. This leads to intestinal inflammation, increased intestinal permeability, and endotoxemia, as well as increased potential for colon cancer. This situation 
means that average Americans, deficient in total fiber intake and thereby woefully deficient in prebiotic fiber intake, live our lives on the edge of microbial despair, lacking in the beneficial microbial metabolites made by the shrinking populations of good microorganisms and intermittently causing some microbes to resort to mucus consumption. It also means that many people who follow ketogenic or other low-carb diets lulled by near-term benefits neglect prebiotic fiber intake, which can pave a path to long-term health deterioration. Besides disregard of prebiotic fibers, what other factors contribute to disintegration of the protective mucus lining? The Defiant Health Podcast is sponsored by Paleo Valley makers of delicious grass-fed beef sticks, healthy snack bars, and other terrific products. We are very picky around here and insist that any product we consider has no junk ingredients like maltodextrin, carrageenan, carboxymethylcellulose, sucralose, and of course, no added sugars. And all Paleo Valley products contain no gluten nor grains. In fact, I find Paleo Valley products among the cleanest of any in their category and they're truly delicious. One of the habits I urge everyone to get into is to include a fermented food product at least once, if not several times per day in their lifestyles. Unlike nearly all other beef sticks available, the Paleo Valley grass-fed beef sticks are all naturally fermented, meaning they contain probiotic bacterial species. And if, like most people, you don't have the time to make batches of bone broths or soups every week or every day, Paleo Valley has an excellent grass-fed bone broth protein powder that packs 15 grams of collagen per scoop for skin and joint health, while providing the health benefits of bone broth. Shipping is free for orders of $75 or more. For more information or to order, go to paleovalley.com. That's P-A-L-E-O-V-A-L-L-E-Y.com. Enter the discount code DEFIANT, not case sensitive, for a 15% discount to Defiant Health listeners. The web address is also listed in the Defiant Health show notes that accompany this podcast. And be sure to take a look at their other products, such as their organic super greens, rich with phytonutrients, and their super food bars that come in dark chocolate chip, apple cinnamon, and lemon meringue. They're low carb, of course, with eight grams net carbs per bar. How about a little more mucus in your day? Mucus is produced continuously by intestinal cells. You eat breakfast, you produce mucus. You sit at your desk, surf the internet, or rake leaves, you produce mucus. You go to sleep, you produce mucus. The mucus lining you had yesterday, or even this morning, is not the mucus lining you have now. It is a forgiving system that can remedy temporary disruptions within minutes, no more than hours, because of around-the-clock production of mucus proteins and other factors. Despite these extraordinary built-in safeguards, modern humans have still managed to muck it up. Even if minding your mucus is not at the top of your list of life's priorities, being aware of the factors in everyday life that disrupt it can be important to your health and well-being because of mucus's impact on intestinal health and microbiome composition. Probiotic bacteria, such as lactobacillus and bifidobacterium species, are on your side. They stimulate mucus production, 
yielding a thicker, more protective lining and produce metabolites like butyrate and propionate from prebiotic fibers that nourish the intestinal lining. This may be one of the major reasons why commercial probiotics, despite being haphazard collections of organisms, may nonetheless be modestly beneficial. But there's more you can do to fortify your intestinal mucus barrier. We've discussed how a balance, how having a balance of acromancia, not too few, not too many, promotes healthy intestinal mucus because this species encourages mucus production even though it can also consume it. Have too few acromancia and you won't enjoy this microbe's stimulated mucus production or its substantial metabolic benefits such as reduced blood sugar and reduced blood pressure. Have too many as develops when you fail to consume plentiful prebiotic fiber and acromancia proliferates out of control and consumes the mucus lining. We prevent this last potentially dangerous effect simply by including plenty of prebiotic fibers in our diet. But we can go further to ensure that acromancia species are vigorously stimulated by including plenty of olive oil in our diet. A lot of scientific attention has been paid to extra virgin olive oil's content of polyphenols such as hydroxytyrosol, but the main benefit likely comes from another component, the oleic acid fatty acid content of olive oil, which is around 70% oleic acid by weight. The oleic acid of olive oil is a great stimulator of acromancia proliferation. Making a habit of including some extra virgin olive oil in your day by cooking with it, dipping foods in it, uh, such as the herb focaccia bread recipe in the Super Gut book, or simply drizzling it over the top of a dish is a tasty way to stimulate acromancia and thereby intestinal mucus health provided you continue a habit of ingesting prebiotic fibers. Unexpected dietary factors also have the potential to stimulate intestinal mucus production. Star in this arena are cloves, of all odd things. The oil pressed from cloves is, is around 80% eugenol, an oily compound also present to a lesser degree in cinnamon oil. Eugenol is a moderately potent antibacterial and antifungal, but further benefit comes from its unique capacity to stimulate the proliferation of several healthy species of clostridia that in turn stimulate intestinal mucus production. The increase in intestinal mucus thickness in the presence of eugenol can be dramatic in addition to the other potential benefits of enlisting healthy clostridia. Another interesting class of plant polyphenols that yields intestinal mucus benefits is the catechins of green tea. They cross-link mucus proteins, which makes the mucus lining thicker, less semi-liquid and more like a gel, and thereby more protective, including against infectious microbes and endotoxemia. Among the recipes I provide later is a tasty smoothie that puts highly concentrated matcha green tea to work, along with prebiotic fibers for this intestinal mucus enhancing effect. You will also find a wonderfully healing recipe, clove green tea, that combines the mucus thickening effect of clove eugenol, the mucus protein cross-linking and gel generating effect of green tea catechins, and the acromancia cultivating effect of prebiotic fructooligosaccharides, 
all to heal your intestinal mucus lining as you sip it throughout the day. Just as your backyard garden can attract the attention of creatures like raccoons and rabbits who dig up bulbs and munch on vegetables, so are there factors that break down the mucus lining and reduce its protective properties, a situation associated with real health problems. Erect a fence around your vegetable garden and it keeps out the pests. Maintain a vigorous intestinal mucus lining and it likewise keeps the pests away from your intestinal wall. When the mucus lining is disrupted, the path is paved for motile bacteria, that is, bacterial species that can move independently to ascend the GI tract. These creatures start out in the colon, climb 10 or 12 feet of ileum, 8 or 9 feet of jejunum, 8 inches of duodenum, and then enter the stomach. In other words, a change in mucus composition may be one of the reasons unhealthy bacterial species proliferate, then ascend. The process that leads to fecalization, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, SIBO, and small intestinal fungal overgrowth, SIFO. Restoring the vigor and strength of the intestinal mucus lining can therefore be an important part of your effort to rebuild bowel health after reversing dysbiosis, SIBO, SIFO, or any other gastrointestinal condition such as irritable bowel syndrome, celiac disease, ulcerative colitis, and Crohn's disease. We've discussed how lack of prebiotic fiber intake leads to proliferation of mucus-consuming species like acromancia that degrade the protective lining. Common factors in food, prescription and over-the-counter drugs, and even drinking water impact the mucus lining. Just exactly what disrupts mucus lining, exposing intestinal cells to bacteria and fungi, and permits them to move up the GI tract? Slippery slope. Have you ever seen an oily film rise to the top of the dishwater as you wash greasy dishes in a sink? You probably noticed that this layer immediately dispersed as soon as you added a few drops of dishwashing liquid to the water. That's what happens to your mucus lining when the wrong things enter your GI tract. You won't get clean dishes, of course, but an intestinal lining that is transiently dispersed exposes intestinal cells to bacteria, food, and digestive components like bile. Let's talk about emulsifying agents for a minute. Emulsifiers are added to processed foods to keep the ingredients mixed and to prevent separation. Without emulsifiers, peanut butter separates, solids at the bottom, oil on top. In contrast, commercial peanut butters made with emulsifying agents remain smooth and mixed. Emulsifiers also keep ice cream from separating into solids and ice, especially after thawing and refreezing. Who hasn't had the experience of refreezing melted ice cream only to confront an icy mess the next time you dig in? It's hardly the creamy, smooth stuff you want to serve on top of a slice of pie. Most manufacturers add emulsifiers to inhibit this separation. But the emulsifiers found in foods, such as ice cream, salad dressings, and peanut butter, are proven to be major culprits in damaged mucus health. The emulsifying agents that keep peanut butter mixed and ice cream creamy also disrupt human mucus because they act like dishwashing liquid, dispersing and thinning the gooey mucus and allowing bacteria to come into close contact with intestinal cells. Although the effect is transient, 
It is sufficient to cause inflammation of the intestinal wall, endotoxemia, and changes the bacterial species that comprise bowel flora. Dr. Benoit Chassang at the Institute for Biomedical Sciences at Georgia State University in Atlanta is a pioneer in exploring this effect. Chessing and colleagues have demonstrated that synthetic agents such as polysorbate 80 and carboxymethylcellulose, despite having received the blessing of the FDA as safe food additives, exert potent disruptive effects on the mucus barrier. Transient dissolution of the mucus barrier allows bacteria to contact the intestinal lining and then invade the superficial layer of intestinal cells, which causes inflammation. Emulsifiers also provoke changes in microbial species in the GI tract, increasing populations of Enterobacteriaceae, the organisms of bacterial overgrowth and SIBO. Gut changes introduced by emulsifiers also lead to increased appetite, weight gain, and worsened insulin resistance, prediabetes, and type 2 diabetes. Think about the implications of these findings. Emulsifiers added to processed foods, like ice cream, contribute to weight gain, obesity, type 2 diabetes, colitis, dysbiosis, SIBO. It's not the fat or the calories that are the problems, it's the emulsifying agents. There is also growing suspicion that such food additives may underlie the increasing incidence of inflammatory bowel diseases, ulcerative colitis and Crohn's disease, the rates of which are now exploding in other countries that have recently adopted a Western diet. Although only polysorbate 80 and carboxymethylcellulose have been studied to date, it is likely that most other, perhaps all, food additives with emulsifying properties such as carrageenan, dextran sulfate, and propylene glycol, among others, have the same detrimental effects. I don't think you need me to tell you the bottom line. Avoid polysorbate 80, carboxymethylcellulose, and other emulsifiers completely. This means being vigilant in your choices of peanut butter, ice cream, and other fat-containing products. Or even better, return to eating foods that don't require labels, like eggs and avocados. It's also simple to make your own foods, like ice cream. And I trust you not to add polysorbate 80 or other additives. Later in the book, I provide several recipes to get you started. Your bowel floor will thank you. Modern life includes a number of other mucus-disrupting factors. Similar deleterious effects have been associated with the common food additive maltodextrin, which is found in pastas, frozen meals, sports drinks, and other processed foods. Chlorinated drinking water of the sort that comes out of your kitchen or bathroom faucet disrupts mucus, which in turn disrupts intestinal health and encourages growth of intestinal polyps that can lead to colon cancer. Widely consumed non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs such as ibuprofen, naproxen, indomethacin, and diclofenac taken by tens of millions of people every year for arthritis pain, menstrual cramps, and headache are potent disruptors of the mucus lining and microbiome composition. While exercise exerts beneficial effects on intestinal health and bowel flora, extreme exercise of the sort that has people carb-loading ahead of time and running 26 miles while suffering cramps, bloating, and diarrhea 
also disrupts the mucous lining, leading to increased intestinal permeability, endotoxemia, and a rise in inflammation and autoimmune conditions. Suspicion that prolonged emotional stress may also exert harmful health effects via impairment of the mucous lining is also growing. The shift in bacterial species away from healthy species and towards those that proliferate in bacterial overgrowth in SIBO can, by itself, also decrease mucus production, and of course does so along the entire length of GI tract wherever unhealthy species have taken up residence. We haven't even tackled the mucus disruptive effects of antibiotics, the hundreds of other food additives in soft drinks, juices, canned and frozen foods, or the thousands of prescription drugs. I'll remind you that none of these mucus disruptive factors entered into the lives of hunter-gatherers who hunted and killed or foraged their next meal, but are ubiquitous in the lives of those of us who have been persuaded that a meal delivered in a styrofoam container or microwavable plastic tray, ice cream that never separates, and anti-inflammatory drugs to treat psoriatic arthritis are somehow part of a superior lifestyle. I hope you now appreciate how numerous factors in modern life and diet have set the stage for impairment of our crucial intestinal mucus lining. All of us have been exposed to these many disruptive factors, all of which invite trouble in the form of modern chronic diseases. Avoiding the factors that disrupt the mucus lining and restoring the bacterial species that stimulate intestinal mucus production are therefore crucial to your health and life. Take care of your mucus lining and it will take care of you. Well, thanks for listening. That's chapter five from my super gut book. If you learned something from that, I invite you to take a look at the entire book. The entire book is a program. It lines up the rationale for why I say these things with my goal to help you understand how to regain control over the intestinal microbiome, including the mucus barrier, because it is an absolute key to so many aspects of health, whether it's reducing blood sugar, sleeping more deeply, feeling happier, less anxious, less less nervous about things, being better with other people, liking people better. There's so much you can accomplish by organized reorchestration of your microbiome. So if that interests you, I invite you to take a look at my super gut book. There's also my many online conversations in my relatively new website that replaced some of the old websites I had. The new website is Dr. Davis, Dr. Davis, infinitehealth.com, Dr. Davis, infinitehealth.com. And you'll see that there's an area called the inner circle where we have two-way Zoom conversations, uh, typically every Wednesday night, and talk about these sorts of things in detail face-to-face. So please join the conversations.